choosing not to face what is difficult won't make the issue any less difficult. It just makes you less prepared to handle it. Hey, my name is Lisa and I'm a small town mama with the audacity to believe that slowing down is the new keeping up and joy is what makes a life successful. On the clock, I'm helping creative entrepreneurs to define their goals, gain social communication skills, take intentional action towards their dreams, and learn strategies for mindful marketing and sustainable success in their lives. Off the clock, I'm raising three beautiful and spirited children with my husband to know that they are safe to dream, question everything, be exactly who they are, use their voices, change their minds, and be weird unapologetically because life is just too short to waste it on fearing ourselves. This podcast is about how I'm learning to be my best in both roles and leave enough room for rest, recovery, and inventive imagination in my life as an example to myself, my kids, and anyone else that needs to know that it is possible. If you're interested in conversations about business, parenting, marketing, relationships, emotional health, or strategies to promote deeper presence in our lives, I think you might like it here. We can trade burnout for boundaries. We can trade perfectionism for patience. We can trade hustle for happy. This is The Joyful Enough with me, Lisa Holloway. Have you ever felt like, actually, I know you felt this before, so let me ask another question. When was the last time you felt like you were on the edge of figuring it out? And before you could get there, the entire bottom fell away and all of your progress was ripped from you. I actually had a different plan for what this week's episode was going to be about, but then Marcus and I sat in the backyard last night for several hours just talking, something that is very special and honestly therapeutic to us both, and a conversation came up that I can't stop replaying in my mind, so the plan is getting an adjustment today. Actually, I'm kind of getting good at this going against the plan thing, and that feels like a character evolution for me. I like it. Okay, so this is actually a conversation that Marcus and I have had many, many times over the years in a lot of different seasons and tones, but this time it felt different. Marcus was talking about how he feels like he's two or three weeks away from completing everything on his must-do-right-now list, and he believes that if he can finish those couple of things, that would be all he personally needs done to be able to just enjoy the rest of his year. All of the other projects on his list are simply not a priority and can wait for another season. That got my attention because I'm pretty sure my list carries into 2035 right now. Now, obviously, he doesn't mean that he expects that he will be able to kick back and do nothing for the rest of the year. There will still be daily tasks and relationships that will need a lot of frequent energy and attention, even just inside of our own household. That's not even mentioning the job that he has outside of our home or our friends and family outside of our home. But just even inside of our home, there's going to be things every single day that need our attention and upkeep. But as far as the projects or things that pull his attention away from what and where he wants or needs to be, he feels like he's two or three weeks away from being there. 
two or three weeks away from homeostasis, if you will. We have been in a long and slow process of making our house a home in a way that makes sense for our family for what feels like an eternity. We moved into my childhood home a couple of years ago when we came back from a family camping trip to find our kitchen flooded from a roof collapse and black mold in the ceilings, floor, and walls. Luckily, my dad had just put his house, the home I grew up in, on the market like literally the week before this happened, and his house was empty. So I called him in blubbering tears to ask him if we could camp out there for a few days while we figured out what to do. And it took all of one night of having our kids in that home, and we knew we were exactly where we were supposed to be as a family. It's kind of funny how it just kind of works out that way sometimes, right? By the end of the week, we had moved everything we could save into our new home, you know, my my old home. And when you consider that our family of five is full of sensory processing issues and neurodivergency, this was asking a lot of not only ourselves, but our kids too. Our sweet babies lost the only home they had ever known and a lot of their belongings with it. If I buy a different brand of chicken nuggets, that's usually enough to cause some concern from them. This was massive, and they handled it so well, considering. I mean, it probably helps that they were familiar with the house that we were moving into, but I digress. Unpacking and adjusting once in our new home took time because this was Papa's home, and they didn't like us changing that either. It's been nearly three years since then, and we're still trying to figure out where things go, even though, like I said, I lived in this house before. I mean, most of my childhood was in this house, and we're very familiar with it. We're familiar with the layout and all of those things, but we've been slowly making changes that make sense for the Holloway family, and it's been more emotional than I expected it to be. So we're having this conversation, and Marcus is telling me about the things he needs to complete in order to reach his version of enough. He wants to clean out a space in the house so that he can start working out regularly and get back to feeling healthy. He wants to have a regular mowing and gardening routine so that it's not such a big deal every time it needs to be done. And he wants to make time to get our calendars organized and synced up so that we aren't constantly trying to juggle the heaping mess that is both of our schedules. It's not at all uncommon for us to not have a clue what the other schedule is like on any given day or week for sure. And that's obviously a problem. He's not asking much. We should be able to do those few things. And when I imagine the lifestyle that he's asking for, I absolutely want in on that. Realizing a new more peaceful version of enough for us is two or three weeks of work away should feel amazing, but I can't help but feel a sense of dreadful deja vu every time this conversation comes up because I've come to expect a certain outcome every time it does. It feels like we are always two or three weeks away from where we want to be, and somehow we never manage to arrive at that new standard. For the last three summers, we would have this discussion of how we were only two or three weeks away from being able to take time off of the hustle and bustle and put away some of the extra projects and stop taking on more and just enjoy our summer with the kids. But so far, that's never happened. 
every time we have the discussion that we are two or three weeks away from recovering our finances, something else breaks or an unexpected bill arrives in the mailbox. We were two or three weeks away from figuring it out in our last home when we went on a camping trip and came home to our plans literally caved in. That's what I've come to expect when we get close to making something happen or figuring out something, and I didn't even consciously become aware of that, I don't think, until last night, at least not to this extent. We brought clutter and habits into this house that we have since discovered don't serve us, many of which were discovered during our backyard late-night conversations, and it's been a long, long process getting where we are, and I'm so proud of that progress. But there's still a mountain of things we intend to do at some point, and I struggle to not be intimidated and distracted by that mountain. Marcus has always been good at being okay with doing things at some point. Me? Yeah, not so much. The problem is, at some point tends to translate to needs immediate attention in my mind. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, if not now, then when, a million times, just like I have. That question, at least in my mind, feels like the only substitute for when is never. So it feels more like, if not now, then never. And until last night, I don't think I was fully aware of that in myself. I don't want that for me. I surely don't want that for my family. So I started analyzing my list and realized that I honestly and realistically could dilute my list of what I felt like must happen as soon as possible down to finding a new place of enough and peace that I too felt like I could accomplish in about two or three weeks of work. Again, not to say that it is vacation season after that, but to say it looks more like a routine or a rhythm and it's manageable instead of being just a chaotic, always trying to build something new, always on to the next thing construction zone. I literally want a more boring life and I don't care who knows it anymore. I want to get up and sit outside alone with a hot tea in one hand and a book in the other. I want to make breakfast for my family and enjoy some sarcastic banter before I head out into my office to write or record for this podcast. I want to finish at lunchtime and take an afternoon break to play with the kids and prepare for whatever is for dinner that night. I want to have meaningful conversations with people about boundaries, communication, emotional health, and finding our joyful enough in whatever stage of life we are in. I want to cook dinner with music playing loudly and the kids sneaking tastes and Marcus sneaking kisses. I want to spend our evenings chasing fireflies and telling campfire stories, and I want to rest peacefully, knowing that we get to do it all again tomorrow. And when I imagine that life, I don't think about owning fancy things or big numbers in the bank. Not that those things are inherently bad, just that they're not inherently necessary for my happiness. And it's low-key a little bit sad that that feels like a revelation. 
I think about having enough to supply what we need so that we can spend more time together. Everything else is extra, but something happens to that vision when I step back into my daily life and the habits that I've become familiar with. My natural instinct is to overload the list. So I had to do some weeding first, but it wasn't nearly as hard as I expected it would be to land on what truly is enough when I pulled out all of the things that feel important because I thought they should feel important to me right now. Instead, I made it important that I lead my life into a stage of maintenance instead of construction. I can build more later. I need peace now. So here is what I landed on. I want to adjust how and when I work so that my work hours fit into the cracks of my life versus fitting my life into the cracks of my work. I want to create a family schedule for us again that includes regular game nights, movie nights, and date nights, something that we've washed away from lately. I want more time cooking and eating with my family and friends, and I want to have time to start stretching and taking better care of myself. Are there a million other things I could add to that list? Uh, yeah, you know it. I would love to have time to get my front yard more attractive, paint the trim and the doors that I've been meaning to for two whole years in this house. I'd love to redo our master bathroom, paint the front porch, paint the back door, finish the website that I've been working on. Don't even get me started on the courses that I know and know exactly how I want to build them and I just need to put the time out to do it or write the books that I've been dreaming of or schedule the events that I've already been planning for a while and you get it. The list is always going to be longer than we can or want to spend the time to complete right now and that is okay. If you are like us and crave more downtime in your life, that mile-long list is going to try and crush that dream out of you if you let it. Talking about this last night, I realized that Marcus worries that he is never doing enough to help me or make my load easier to carry, and that is why he literally never sits down, because he is working to help get me to a place of being able to relax. I, on the other hand, see him always buzzing around tending to a million tasks that I can't calculate why he needs to do that right now, and I assume that he is keeping busy to avoid me, probably because I'm disappointing him in some way, so I find ways to take on more projects or business to try and be worthy of his attention all the while adding directly to the problem. And I didn't even know it because we're not talking about that. I thought he wanted me to do more, so that's why I was trying to do that. And he was silently begging me to do less. This, this right here, is why having frequent and deep conversations is so important. 
I have been with this man for 15 whole years and we have spent less than five days maybe apart from each other during that entire time. And I'm still learning things about him every day. I mean, I'm still learning things about myself and that's on the human experience, my dudes. It is tempting to believe that we are never doing enough. Why wouldn't we? Everywhere we look is a video or a photo or a post or a blog or something of some standard of life that we believe we need in order to unlock happiness and none of it looks like our own life. It's tempting to believe that we need the entire list done before we can really enjoy ourselves. But if I really ask myself, what are the things on my list that would be enough? Most of the list falls away. And that, my friends, is power. Knowing that those items that are threatening your peace right now can be accomplished on your time because that's what you choose, honey, that is power. And all you have to do is take it back from your list. I think that's the part we've been missing. We've sat down so many times over the last dozen years of marriage and talked about how we were only a few weeks away from whatever place we believed our happiness was waiting for us, but I can't personally recall a time that it worked out that way. We've managed to settle on a place of enough right now that we're functioning in and we are happy in, but we're tired, and that next level is just right there where it has always been, just out of reach. Why is that? We could blame unforeseen circumstances. There are always plenty of those in the mix. We could blame poor choices. We make enough of those. We could blame ourselves. Lord knows we are rehearsed at that. Looking at the list and knowing ourselves and the way we work, it's completely realistic to assume we could get to a place where we can begin maintaining that new version of enough versus trying to build it. But we've never stopped to consider that if we want to maintain a new standard, we have to take a break from trying to build the next thing. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. I don't think that at any point in my adult life, I have ever taken a break for longer than maybe a couple of hours at a time. There is always something that I'm trying to build or create or solve or accomplish. If not for myself, and most of the time it's not, for someone else. I've never gone on a vacation that didn't serve a second or a third purpose. I've never taken a day off that wasn't to accomplish something else off the list, even if that something was just catching up on the housework that I couldn't do sooner because I was too busy elsewhere. I've never been in a stage of maintenance in my life, only construction. And quite frankly, setting my tools down sounds terrifying. What if I set my tools down and someone steals them while I'm away? What if I set my tools down and they rust or break? What if I forget how to use them? The part of me that is healing wants to ask, so what? So what if you forget? You know how to figure it out again. 
So what if someone steals them? You know where to get more. So what if they rust or break? You are more than capable of fixing them and you also know yourself enough to know that you protected your tools before you put them away. Everything will be fine and so will you. But the part of me that I uncovered last night still isn't sure. I have been on the edge of figuring it out endless times before. And it doesn't feel like we've ever made it, but instead just pivoted a million times over. In fact, during our conversation last night, I realized that every time we get this close to a breakthrough, Marcus and I end up fighting. And that didn't feel like a coincidence to me either. I realized that I've come to expect burnout to meet me at the edge of figuring it out. And it's because we don't take a break after stepping off the edge. We hit the ground and start immediately running for the next thing every single time. So then I started to wonder, if I expect burnout to meet me at the edge of figuring it out, would it not also be fair to assume that I might be having emotional triggers or outbursts or overwhelm that happens when I sense we are nearing a breakthrough because I know a crash and burn is coming for me soon based on past experiences? I mean, that feels safe to assume that there could be a trauma response here. Am I throwing myself into a state of panic because I believe that as soon as I accomplish one thing, it will immediately be time to move on to the next, and I'm just too tired to do that? Do I stall out on my own progress because I fear having to continue that progress forever and ever, amen? I mean, I could, I could see that. It does feel like every time I get close to breaking through a set of goals, I find myself barely able to keep going. Sometimes that leads to quitting. Almost every time that leads to a meltdown. It's almost like I am subconsciously booby-trapping myself to sneak in moments of rest, if that makes sense. If I have a meltdown... I will be able to prove to myself that I need a break for a couple of hours and I'll put the computer away. If I stare at this problem for another 10 minutes, I can convince myself that I'm stuck and need a 10-minute break. And that's basically the extent of break time for me. What is that? And why am I allowing myself to do that? Would it not make so much more sense to take intentional and restorative rest when I need it? Would it not make more sense to accomplish enough and take a break for a few days, a few weeks, or a few months when possible or necessary before jumping headfirst into the next set of goals? Would it not make more sense to leave burnout behind and step off of the edge of figuring it out with confidence that solid ground is waiting for you and you get to decide how long to stay here before moving on to the next thing? That is what the power of owning your list can do, and that's what I'm choosing for myself. Just because I can do something right now doesn't mean I should feel like I have to. 
I could paint those doors this summer, but I'd rather build puzzles with my kids. I could launch those courses this summer, but I would rather read books that have nothing to do with business for a while. I could devote my time to growing this podcast much more quickly over this summer, but I would honestly rather spend my evenings talking to Marcus Ray about everything and nothing at all than burying myself in target market research and content creation beyond what feels natural and good for me to make right now, because that's what we need in this season of our lives, and I'm choosing to be okay with that. And you know what? I can still accomplish all of those things and so, so much more when I decide to make time to do so. I trust myself to know when that time comes and I'm not going to worry about making it happen on any other timeline but my own. That is my power over the list. Knowing that I get to decide when something is important enough to make time for it. At some point, I will, and the work and the love that is poured into those projects will fill me with energy to complete them, and I will feel so much pride when it is done, but we aren't there yet, and that's okay too. And that's not to say that I am waiting to tackle some of these projects for when I just will feel like doing them. Because the truth of the matter is that as much as I am excited to work on and complete some of these future projects, there are many, many aspects of completing those dreams that I just will never be excited to do. I'm never going to feel like setting realistic budgets or upholding difficult boundaries. I'm never going to feel like sitting down to batch out a whole bunch of content to save myself time in the long run or have big scary conversations with professionals that know things that I don't. But if I want what I want in the end... There are going to be parts in the middle that I don't love doing. Sacrifices are always made, but we have to take responsibility for knowing that we decide when and how those sacrifices are made. Choosing not to choose doesn't exempt you from feeling the effects of the sacrifices that are made because of that choice. Let me say that one again. Choosing not to choose doesn't exempt you from feeling the effects of the sacrifices that are made because of that choice. If you choose not to look at your credit card bill because it scares you, that balance will grow out of control without your permission and it will still be your responsibility to take care of at the end of the day. Choosing not to face what is difficult won't make the issue any less difficult. It just makes you less prepared to handle it. Listen, we are going to have to try things that we've never tried before. We're going to have to be terrible at things before we can be good at them. That is life, my dudes, and it slows down for no one. Make your choices and stand unapologetically beside them. We can't hide from our challenges and grow from them too. That's just not how it works. 
You can choose to take a break and allow that to be what makes the next phase of your life possible. That's an option, and it's one that I think most of us are missing. My perspective on productivity has changed so much through the process of me finding and respecting my joyful enough. I am now unwilling to allow my work to overtake my life anymore. I am unwilling to allow my list to steal another summer from my family. I am unwilling to explain those choices to those that refuse to accept them because I know that I don't need acceptance to know what is right for me and my family. And I know that I can change and adjust as needed with the same lack of permission. The phrase, if everything is important, then nothing is, has been playing over and over again in my mind. Such a simple phrase, but man, does it pack a punch. I think I have struggled with that phrase in the past because I truly do feel like so many things are important to me. But how can I honestly prioritize a hundred things at once? I can't. And that's the key. Choosing not to prioritize something right now doesn't necessarily mean that it's not important to me. It just means that right now I'm choosing to give my attention to something else. That is exactly what the Big Five concept from the episode before this one is all about. Recognizing where my energy is and allowing it to just be what it is. You guys, you can use that to your benefit, and I'm telling you, it can change your life. There is so much freedom in that process, and it blows my mind how much that affects what I am able to do when I am in a producing energy. I can do in a few hours what weeks of trying to force myself to produce used to give me because I can respect my natural limits and gifts. And here's the thing. We always choose what to give our attention to. It has always been this way. And taking responsibility for that fact has really started to hold me accountable to those choices. We can't prioritize all of the things that are important to us at one time, but we don't have to. Prioritizing something isn't validating the importance of something. It's just saying, this is what I choose to give my attention to right now. When those lines get blurred, that, my friends, is a formula for burnout. Choose what is important to you right now and know that you can adjust that list as often as you need to. My suggestion, try to set your intentions or your priorities for the day and stick to them as best you can. Trying to adjust your priorities inside of a single day is almost always more disruptive than it is helpful. Decide what needs to be the most important things to accomplish today and stick to them. If you get to the end of the day and feel that a change is needed, take some time to sit down and ask yourself questions about how you're feeling and why you feel that way. And listen, 
We aren't worrying about whether or not sitting somewhere talking to ourselves makes us look a little off the rocker. That ship has sailed, honey. Fly that flag. We are out here healing, okay? Talk to yourself. If it helps, it helps. So I want you to get comfortable with asking yourself questions like, how are you feeling below the surface? Have you overloaded your plate? Are your expectations overshadowing your values? Is the work that you're doing taking from you more than it is giving back? Are you okay with that? How long are you willing to work at this pace or in this way? Is this return of investment on your energy or time worth this amount of effort? If you decide that adjustments are needed, take a few extra minutes to play out a few possibilities for change in the plan and your current priorities. And know that whatever you choose to try, you can also choose to change later if it's not working for you. It's really not all that serious. Just don't forget to schedule in time for restorative rest. You need downtime every day. You need time for yourself and the things that are important to you every week. And you need vacations that feel like vacation, even if that means taking your time off and not leaving your house or your pajamas for two weeks. If not now, schedule time to revisit this need. No, seriously. Bust that calendar out or type in a reminder in your phone for a few days or weeks or months out to remind yourself of when it is time to take a break and set some standards for that break now. This might sound silly, but if you struggle to self-remind like I do, set physical reminders to do it for you. It's really not enough to plan on resting. Trust me. If it was, I would be rested enough to power through the next century at least. If your habit is to avoid rest, help yourself to correct that conditioning with physical and visual reminders and respect them. Maybe that looks like choosing business hours or a day of the week that you take off and sticking to it. That means that there is no work during those hours, or on those days, period. Your time should be your time, but absolutely no one is going to respect your time if you don't. One more time on that last part. No one will respect your time if you don't. The clients that I could convince to take an actual day off every week or set firm business hours were the clients that I had the easiest time working with because they weren't swimming up a stream of overwhelm every day of the week. We would make announcements in their online groups or set business hours and autoresponders on their accounts for inquiries that would come in on their time off so that the customers knew the boundary but still felt respected in the process and my clients wouldn't need to break their peace to answer a message that came in during their downtime, effectively defeating the purpose of the downtime. 
if you don't respect your time, no one will. Maybe you need to take a break from keeping up to slow down instead for a while. Try slowing down for a day. And then the next time around, try for a week. Practice new habits and give yourself grace while you unlearn the ones that are draining you in the first place. Maybe you need to practice saying no more often or start seeing self-care as being productive or make time to have long conversations about exactly why peanut M&Ms will forever be the superior M&M and hold your ground on that critical issue. Maybe it looks like all of that and more. It's up to you. You are already here. This is the edge of figuring it out and you already have every single thing you need to draw the line in the sand that says this is enough for me for a while and I'm okay with that. This is the edge of figuring it out and you are ready to let go. You are ready to take your power back from the list. And I'll be right here cheering you on. I hope that this episode has added to your basket today. Just remember, you're enough either way. Until next time, this has been the Joyful Enough Podcast with me, Lisa Holloway. You guys, we just did that. That was episode one of the Joyful Enough podcast, and I am freaking out. If you want to continue the conversations, come on over to Instagram and come chat with me. You can find me at the Joyful Enough on Instagram, and we can talk about all of the things. I would absolutely love for you to just take a second, grab a screenshot or a picture, and load it up in your stories and tag us and let us know that you listen and what you think of it. While you're here, go ahead and leave a review. And Again, just tell us what you think. I'm so excited to share more with you and I cannot wait to see what your joyful enough looks like.